3: Hello folks, Helen here, voice of Azu in Rusty Quill Gaming. This is an advert for the podcast Anomaly. Anomaly is a TTRPG meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios like learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land once vanquished by a dragon, all connected by a shared mythology. The podcast combines the traits of a great dungeon master with those of a meditation guide, weaving tales of fantasy that stretch the imagination, while you learn to centre yourself, find confidence, and relieve stress. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard, Anomaly is available wherever you find podcasts, or at seekanomaly.com. That's S-E-E-K-A-N-O-M-A-N-O. L I E dot com. That's all from me. Enjoy your episode and take care of yourself.
4: Hello, and welcome to the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM today, Bryn Monroe, and with me I have... Ben Meredith. James Ross. Alex Newell. And... Dun, oh, dun, dun. God-o. Um, <laughs> a depressing silence. That's right, Lydia is off on uh, some real-life adventures on the other side of the world, uh, so it's just the four of us today, and as you might have noticed, it is not your usual host and GM. We're just trying to shake things up a bit, and I will be... Hosting and jamming.
5: Oh, non, one, non one told.
4: Oh,
5: I
2: mean,
4: had all well, this. When I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Alex. <laughs> you, will do
6: well,
2: Bryn, you will do well. You will do well. For the benefit of the listeners at home, Bryn's got one of those little GM screens, but the the top is like fortified. With like broken glass in cement to stop intruders. I don't
5: know how he managed to Alex. get so many trebuchets behind that, but it, it it's looks also amazing. painted
4: with anti-climb paint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's introduce some characters. I'm only introduced two of them. I'm not yet going to introduce Alex's character. Because I've a
5: character! Because mm. Alex is
4: playing character, but the other two do not know whom. <laughs> <So we're gonna laughs> we kill the troll. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna hold on to that mystery a little longer. Uh, James, who are you playing? Into the street.
2: <laughs> I am playing Sir Bertrand McGuffingham.
4: Yes, striking out boldly on his own spin-off adventure. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, who are you playing today? Uh, Tovar Nason, archaeologist extraordinaire. Uh, we don't have a lot of time to meet uh, Ben's character right now, but I'm sure we'll get to it as the episode goes on. So our regular listeners will remember in episode 39, when there was a fight on the rooftop and things did not go well for our heroes.
5: They could have gone better. Uh, they could have gone
4: worse. Bertie wandered off. And not, not we wanted. didn't stormed, stormed off.
5: Trained, do trape- trained off in a train. Traipsed off.
4: Yes. <laughs> I don't,
2: don't, pu- don't push so on me. And, I'm, I, I'm the one who understands
5: my interiority. Don't th- tell me
2: how to feel.
5: And then there was that bit where Bertie was like picking fights with loads of innocent people off camera, and it was just, yeah. just <laughs> uh, it,
4: it was a nightmare in the trailer. <laughs> so today. We're finding out what happened to him. That's right, we're going to see it from Bertie's perspective. Oh, everyone's horrible apart from the rich.
6: Oh my God, who saw that coming?
4: Oh, what a beautiful mirror. (laughs) We know that Bertie got on a train, but before we get back to that point, we're going to flash back a little further. So things have gone slightly wrong. Bertie has wandered off from the rest of the group and he's heading back to the hotel to retrieve all his stuff with the intention of heading to... Uh, London was it? London, yep. That's the that's the plan. Okay, so you uh, reach the desk of Le Triomphe. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I have to say so many things in my terrible French accent mm. today. We'll, we'll see how I cope with that.
2: Just do the, the you're a
4: lower low accent. That'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the many many staff there comes up to you and hands you a letter. The letter has several addresses on it. Most of them crossed out. So the first address is Old Bottom, mm-hmm. the family estate. Uh, the second address is the exclusive Knightsbridge flat where Hamid stayed. The third is the address of the hotel where you were staying in Dover. Mm-hmm. The fourth is Se, the address <laughs> of the uh, the address of the hotel. I like to think that you they don't have an Calais. address;
5: they have a thumbprint <laughs> <laughs> or
4: an artful minimalist drawing of a map. Okay. So are you saying
0: they've changed their name now to the hotel
5: formerly known? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: And the fifth one, the only one that hasn't been crossed out, is, of course, the address of Le Triomphe, Paris. And right at the top, above all these crossed-out addresses, is Sir Bertrand McGuffingham. Ah. Uh, a letter. Excellent. Uh, yes, sir. It arrived for you very recently.
2: Oh. Uh, good. Thank you. I- is, is there anything else we can uh, help you with? No, no, that's fine. Leave now. <laughs> <laughs>
4: He, he bows obsequiously. Correct. And departs. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten wood battle again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
2: Bertie takes the letter. Um, I, just because I haven't used it so far in this adventure, um, uh, in, indeed since we started, Bertie does actually have a rapier So as a, as a dress weapon. So he
6: going use that.
2: Uh,
4: as a letter opener. As a letter opener. Po- points for style. Yep. I'm uh, not going to pop them. Negative way. points for effectiveness. Yes.
5: <laughs> there are any other points? <laughs>
4: okay. Uh, so he opens
2: the letter. For the attention of Sir Bertrand McGuffin. I hope, Sir Bertrand, you shall forgive me for contacting you without the courtesy of a formal introduction. Uh, maybe. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Chilvar Stornason. Storrison, Storrison, Archaeologist and adventurer. I read of your recent heroism during... <laughs> The incident at Edison's presentation in the London Papers, and I have a proposition for you, (laughs) I hope you shall hear me out, even if what I say sounds a little fantastical. I am searching for the lost tomb of Hannibal, I am aware that this is an endeavour that many less adventurous individuals consider hopeless, but that your ancestor, Sir Everard MacGuffingham, took very seriously. I believe he was a lot closer than he realized, and a great deal closer than any other searcher. Though I have reason to hope that I am, at last, on the right trail, I do not need to inform you of what it would mean to
0: finally discover the tomb, but I will. Glory, riches, and going down in history as someone who uncovered what is arguably one of the most important relics regarding the human race. I believe that thanks to your predecessor, you may be in possession of vital information that would help me to accomplish what no other man or woman has been able to do. I must confess that I would also consider the assistance of a man of your skills and prowess invaluable. Indeed, it would be an honour to work with a man of such prestige and familial gravity such as yourself. I hope you might be persuaded to join me in the completion of my quest, possibly with your companions, if they might also be amenable to such an adventure. I'm currently in the town of Albertville, which I believe is close to the location of the tomb. I will be staying in the tavern The Yeti's Claw, in the foreign quarter, for the duration of the winter at least. Please find me there if you feel we might be able to assist each other in any way. Yours hopefully, Stores Nesson. Brilliant. Well,
2: so, uh, Bertie, how, you've read the letter? Uh, you there! You! You! Yes, you! The wood bottle again! You! Oui? What is the best way to the town of Albertville? Perhaps
4: a train to uh, Lyon? Uh, and then the stagecoach will will take you to um, the, the nearby town, and then, then you might have to hire a, a, a horse or a cart to get you to the get you up into the mountains to Albeville.
2: Excellent, superb. Uh, call me a cab to the station at once. Uh, of course, sir. Of course. And book me a ticket. Uh, done. And stand on one leg. Uh, okay. The so. other one. <laughs> oh, right. And then hop. He hops off.
5: 9 out of 10 insufficient
4: insufficient buckling. (laughs) we will cut back to because we already know what happens yes yes at the train station we've already seen that back in episode 39 Hamid Hamid running running after the train reaching out to his friend and if you play back the recording you can hear the exact moment that his heart breaks (laughs) (laughs) I might go back and add it (laughs) Hamid Hamid sprouting dragon wings and flying after the train but no how tears, hard he flies Tears of flame Running <laughs> his, as his face As he finally achieves level 8 spells Prince, back to it that, that, That's how I remember it <laughs> That's pretty much what happened, right? As, as a GM, I get to determine what is truth So uh, when we next see Hammond, He'll be a much higher level yeah. uh, Okay, so on the train Bertie, you, you've been thinking about the letter And what was said in the letter About your ancestor Everard Sir Um, Everard. Sir Everard. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, history. (laughs) Um, Obviously, we know that he achieved many great things, found many ancient treasures, but you don't remember necessarily that he searched for the tomb of Hannibal, which is one of the most famous relics from the ancient world that no one's ever found, and a lot of people consider a myth. But whilst you're on the train heading south towards Lyon... Something comes back to you—a poem you were forced to learn as a child.
5: <laughs> forced learning—that sounds about right.
4: <laughs> it's only eight lines long. It was written, allegedly written by Finch Everard's squire. Mm-hmm. You were forced to learn it in both English and Greek, mm-hmm. uh, and you feel that really the Greek version is the better one. But I've handed it to you in English. I'm afraid uh, as <laughs> the best I could do. Thank like you. Um, uh, stalwartly, uh, to ancient lands he
2: strode, stout limbed and mind fixed on fortune. Glory of Falcon House he sought out. Known he was for noble venture. Sages warned against seeking General's tomb. Smiling he poured scorn on question, of danger or cursed durance vile. Feeble fears was his conjecture. Through Punic sands and time did he roar, Empty vales, fruitless orchard roots. Vexatious searches of foreign shores. Tempers snapped. Mute men raised disputes. Arrogant dispersions cast by all. Casting paths ahead with sorrow. His story now rests in peace unsought. For pride conceiving grace outgrow. Lovely.
4: <laughs> now, those who know me well... Spot the teacher. Will, teacher. <laughs> those who know me well will know my uh, ability to uh, comprehend, appreciate, understand... Poetry is somewhat lacking, and my ability to write it is even superior. Even uh, more lacking. Taking um, part is the main thing. Uh, so I, I, I must confess at this point that as a GM, I did seek outside assistance. Uh, <laughs> I brought in an, an expert in both GMing and poetry, Mr. A- Anil Godagamui. It's it's almost like he's in the room with us. I think. I feel <laughs> I feel <laughs> his <laughs> presence. Yeah, his presence can be felt. Yeah. Certainly, if I reach out to my right, it's like he's, it's like he's rolling
5: his eyes. <laughs>
4: He's very quiet though Because he knows that If he were to make a noise It would disrupt the audio So that's, uh, that's
5: good And then he'd have to deal With the social media fallout Yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, So
4: those of, you, cool. those of you Who pay attention Will know that Animal is our Social media manager Currently Right so From Leon So we're in Leon we're, uh, Yeah we can cut Straight to Leon That would be quick Yeah just that.
5: <laughs> there, there, is, there is no problem with it taking you almost a week to make it like one journey across the channel that's perfectly <laughs> yeah,
0: no, the, the adventure's on the new management
5: <laughs> no, so you wasn't. make it you make it to every single major point that the campaign has to hit everything yeah. was fine there was someone waiting there and they gave you everything that you needed and you've returned to London <laughs>
0: good you return right. home what well, happened <laughs> <way. Well, laughs>
4: right. good that
0: was part right, ways, I suppose.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, from Leon, there is a regular stagecoach to uh, Chambry. Mm-hmm. It runs every hour, uh, which was the next town you were told to go to. And then from Chambry, you'll have to make your own way up into the mountains to Albeville. There we
2: are. Uh, I assume that word has been sent ahead to book a carriage for Sir Bertram to MacGuffingham by the hotel.
4: No, they arranged you a cab to the station in Paris and booked your train ticket to Lyon. But after that, you are now on your own. Uh, Six uh, out of
5: ten would only bottle in an emergency. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I do not speak the language. There we are.
2: Um, uh, from where within the station is the carriage station taken from?
4: So the station is on the main square in the centre, of one of the main squares in the centre of Lyon. The stagecoach rank is on another side of the square. There are coaches going to a lot of the surrounding towns that don't have... a. Uh, train stations. There are about three stagecoaches lined up. They are not labelled. Bertie goes up to the driver of the first one, oui. Ah. Uh, you don't have any luggage, I guess, do you?
2: Uh, I'm sort of in a... You have an empty papoose. Yeah, I have an empty papoose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not quite empty. It is filled with tears.
5: So
6: it's got, it got a few tears
4: in it. Yep. So the stagecoach Chamboree, you have to wait a little while. It fills mm-hmm. up. It's... It's not. Em- it's not empty. There's, a, there's several people taking this journey with you. You make it. Their it own takes uh, a couple of hours on the stagecoach to get mm-hmm. to uh, chambéry You can see the Alps from chambery They're rising above you uh, towards the east and a little bit towards the south as mm-hmm. well. Uh, so again, there's a, there's a town square. Um, this time, there's a, a, a large church uh, at one end of the town square and a, a row of shops and then an official-looking building with columns mm-hmm. outside as well. Is there anywhere that looks like a, a horse purveying emporium? Or <laughs> a, <laughs> not, not that's immediately obvious to Bertie, no. Okay, you big
5: billboard saying it behooves you to buy our horse.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Trot along okay. now. Um,
2: so Bertie's going to have a quick peer down the side streets that are immediately branching off from the square to see if there's anywhere that looks like um, an appropriate second-hand... Horse. Well, you probably want about a thirteen or a fourteen pound horse, really. No? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got a lot of that's fun, Sort of what you're after. So he's uh, just going kind to of appeared down the side if there's anyone that's immediately obvious. Because as any proper British gentleman, he doesn't want to ask for directions if he can possibly help it. <laughs> even if there's nobody to see him ask for directions. Give me a perception check. <laughs> uh,
5: nine minus one is eight. It's fine. I'm sure one of the rest of the party will. Away.
4: Oh, <laughs> it takes you a while. You're pretty frustrated by the time... And you're sure you walked past this, down this road already, and you didn't see it the first time, and yet suddenly, right yeah. in front of you, there's a stables, and it's not clear where the horses are actually for sale. You don't read the signs outside. There's clearly... A- a plentiful supply of horses here. I mean, they've, they've got more than they need at the yep. very least. <laughs> Surplus horses. Okay. And there's someone who is spooning large piles of oats into various sacks. Well, you said spooning. I was just, man- just spooning a horse. Like, oh, <laughs> covering a pony? You found uh, shovelling. You found yourself shovelling piles of oats <laughs> into various sacks. Uh, okay. is going to have a sort of a
2: uh, quick look at the horses, see what what sort of what range of horses appears
4: to be available. You know horses. I know horses. Uh, and you can tell that there's actually some pretty good horses here. There's a a couple of rather fine-looking stallions, uh, a couple of what you assume are breeding mares, mm-hmm. and as well as some everyday work horses and a couple of donkeys as well. Uh, so, uh, Bertie uh, goes up to uh, the man who is doing the oak show yeah. taps him on the shoulder.
6: Uh,
2: Hello there, I am yeah. Sir Bertrand McGuffin. I require your finest horse. Uh, Bertie gets out his coin purse and jingles uh, uh, while um, pointing at the horse. Um, uh,
5: fifty. 50 is not a good in this context the important thing is that I don't know that Bertie would know anyway no, so you're true. fine don't look at me
2: Bertie uh, marches up to the horses and starts looking them in their mouths and generally examining the horses because he is going to find the finest horse and he is going to do this with great ceremony and go to do the, the whole thing of like do you know tapping the sides of the horse I mean my you wife know. she
5: doesn't really yeah. want this horse she wants no, a family horse a family
2: horse <laughs> like a practical a multi, an all-terrain horse really <laughs> no um, no I
5: don't want the underhide coating yeah,
4: it's fine. It's fine. Look
5: at
2: this one. I mean, I, look at the hooves are all deflated.
4: Uh, <laughs> give, a that that one. Yeah. give me a ride check, but ignore your armour um, check penalty. penalty. Yeah, cool. 10 plus 7 is 17.
2: There's two very good horses. I am going to make direct eye contact with one of the horses. Just stare it out and see if there's a deep spiritual connection between Bertie and
4: horse. Give me a handle animal check.
3: Brent, is this the
5: part where I speak?
4: <laughs> <laughs> 15 plus handle and all of seven is 22. You meet its gaze and you do not let go, and eventually it bows its head forward and starts nuzzling at you. Ah, uh, you'll do. <laughs> all are. I want is unquestioning <laughs> animation. That's so much uh, to
7: f- ask. F-
5: 50? Ah, uh,
4: 30. You get the horse
5: for 40
2: gold. Done, pieces. sold. Ah, uh, horse, name, horse. Yeah. 30 points at himself. Sir Bertrand McGuffingham, points at the man. French man. (laughs) Horse. Very well, horse. Mr. Horse it is. (laughs) Mr. Horse. (laughs) Mr. Horse. (laughs) Mr. Horse. Bertie makes very powerful, intense eye contact. Mr. Horse, <laughs> Mr. Horse, <laughs> you are known as Mr. Horse. I thought okay. you the horse only speaks French. Uh,
5: I was going to say, you, you hear a voice in your head and you Monsieur don't understand what it says. Horse,
4: Monsieur Horse. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bright spark of recognition. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, He's Monsieur Horse. I have Monsieur Horse. You get a saddle as well, the horses. Kitted out, those are thrown in for the price because you've got completely as well. fleeced. Yep. There are four main roads out of Chambry, but they yep. are well signposted. Basically, you're heading east up into the hills. It takes you uh, several hours, so it, it's probably early evening by the mm-hmm. time you arrive in Alberville. So Alberville is set in a valley between several of these peaks. For the last few hours, you've been trotting alongside a river that runs down the valley, mm-hmm. uh, and the river in Alberville, the river splits. And as you come up to the town, because it's on a slope, you can see most of the town. And you can see that on the near side of it, there's a kind of a handful of scattered buildings, mostly wood and not very well constructed. And on the other side, the higher side of the river, there's a lot of incredibly well built stone houses, Mm -hmm. much larger and grander. They are quite austere. There's not a lot of decoration to them like you might see back in Britain or other parts of France. And it's not a huge place, but the road... Congratulations
2: Albertville, I have arrived. You are now a two-horse town. (laughs) Bertie will just assume that anybody who is writing to him will be in
4: the nicer part of the town. Bertie will accost a local. So another thing that's happened as you've headed up high into the hills is the temperature has dropped. Mm -hmm. The road is relatively clear but around you there's quite a lot of snow on the ground and things have gotten a lot colder so it's almost not a surprise that there are not many people here.
2: Don't worry people of Albertville, it's nippy out but my manner is warm and friendly. Uh, hello?
4: Hello? A older woman sticks her head out of one of the doors and goes, Shh! and says something in French. The Yeti's claw! Yeti's claw! She glares at you and points up the hill towards the river. Thank you, annoying French woman. <laughs> it's actually one of the larger buildings in this part of the town. It's still made of wood, like most of them, but there's a bit of stone around the foundations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks quite old. It's probably one of the older buildings you've seen, at least on this side uh, of this river. There is, hanging from a post, an old and desiccated claw, mm-hmm. covered in what once might have been white fur. Right. Grim. But it's certainly the 80s claw. Okay, so, uh, well, I say definitely... All right. Uh, uh, give me a perception roll. Welcome to the really big,
5: but definitely not a yeti's claw. <laughs> uh,
4: six minus one is five.
5: Thank you.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so uh, Bertie ties up your Horse at the front and opens the door if it's open. Yep, it's open. You walk into the tavern and right in front of you is, sitting at our table, papers spread all over the place in front of him, an orc. Ah, oh, uh, Mr. Stormerson, I assume. Uh, Yes. So why don't you give us a quick uh, description of your character, Ben? He's solidly built for an orc, so obviously athletic and used to an
0: outdoor life, but not terrifyingly bulky, so not a hugely muscled person. Mm -hmm. Gray skin and solid black eyes, which is sort of average for an orc. And uh, there's a wild mat of black hair sort of poking out from underneath a wide brimmed hat a hat which I'm going to call the Indiana Jones Classic. Okay. Because I'm nothing if not uh, playing tropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, open and friendly-faced, uh, but marred somewhat by a grisly skull which has torn his uh, top and bottom lip apart, revealing the teeth beneath. However, it doesn't really present any difficulties with speech, uh, apart from my ability to deliver this speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's merely superficial. Uh, and he holds his expression in such a way that the scar, which in other people might look a little alarming and gruesome, merely provides an interest to his
2: reasonably handsome face. Mm-hmm. Likes pina coladas, long walks on the beach. Oh well, you know, going out and having fun, but also staying in with a bottle of wine. And <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, he's currently
0: wearing heavy winter clothes and has an absolutely huge backpack sitting on the floor next to him. Um, and over, m- well, my shoulder uh, is a multi-pocketed quiver made of brown leather with a little reach section.
4: Mm-hmm. And so, spread on the table uh, in front of Chelvar is piles of paper. A couple of them are clearly maps. You can see they're mostly handwritten. The handwriting varies massively. And you do a quick scan of the rest of the room. There's sort of eight tables. Most of them are empty, but there are several other people in the room as well. Mr. Stonison there, I am Sir Bertrand MacGuffingham. It is a
2: pleasure (laughs) for you to meet me. Uh, Well done. I can only congratulate you on what must be one of, if not the best days of your life. When I read your letter, you have lovely handwriting, by the way, at times almost New Roman, and uh, I... <laughs> that is a period I've studied quite a lot. <laughs> yes! Myself as well, for I am a man of fine distinction and learning, classically educated in the appropriate style for a man of my bearing. Now, do you care to take a seat? I can get you a drink. Uh, excellent, please.
0: Uh, I would be very grateful. Um, I'll wave to the bartender and get
4: a couple of uh, mulled wines or the equivalent for Uh, mulled cider. Mulled cider is the uh, is the drink of choice of the Yeti's Claw. Um, The barman looks relieved; he's been trapped in conversation uh, with a a large, boisterous man at the bar, and he he brings them over to your table.
0: Yes. So, uh, well, I have to say, uh, meeting you uh, from the stories I've heard of uh, Everard, uh, you are. Uh, a spit for him. So, uh, well done. And uh, might I compliment you on your wonderful armour? You may. You may do so again. Then I shall. Very nice armour, Sir Bertrand. Yes, thank you. So, this is good. You received the letter and uh, did did you have anything off the top of your head that might help at all? Uh, Obviously, I I think that there's a certain amount of uh, specific knowledge that you may be in possession of uh, that may help us to finally well, not to put
2: it a bit too likely, make the greatest discovery of our time ever. Truth be told, Mr. Stornison, my knowledge on this is somewhat limited, although, of course, I am acquainted with a great many of Sir Everard MacGuffingham's magnificent and tremendous achievements, and, of course, as a regular human being, I am in awe of them as much as you are, though possibly sightless, because I am myself really very impressive. But in terms of specific knowledge, there is uh, this this uh, charming rhyme that was uh, passed down to me that I was forced to learn as a child, and uh, better than precisely, which might perhaps provide some clues. Perhaps we might right. put our – at the time, of course, as a child, I thought, hmm – What a nuisance learning, this. This seems rather florid and pointless. I'd rather be out. Now I come to see its purpose. Right. Well,
0: uh, good. It looks like the second verse is probably a bit more, um, Mm -hmm. useful. It seems to generally be a warning, though. Ah, yes.
2: Well, that's what I'm here for. Right. Well, um... When I see danger, you know what I do. What do you do? Ignore it. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Could you both give me
4: perception rolls? Yes. Five minus one is four. Uh, Twelve
0: plus eight is twenty. <laughs> um, I'm indoors. <laughs> Ooh, nice cider.
4: <laughs> the the room was rather quiet, and the two of you are having a, a much louder conversation, so you notice that the, uh, the, re- the rest <laughs> that of the room... I converse- don't know what
0: you mean. What? <laughs>
4: the, <rest, laughs> the rest of the room has certainly noticed what is going on. Um, A lot of them have been sort of glancing over to you and they they perhaps look a little annoyed that their uh, peace has been disturbed. (laughs) But the the very large gentleman who who was standing at the bar previously is now walking over to your table. As I said, he's very large. He's probably taller than Bertie, which is not very common, wearing sort of layers of fur and hard hide armour. He is bald with tattoos uh, across his face and head and he's got a gigantic sword strapped to his back, and you see him coming over, but Bertie clearly hasn't noticed, and his very large hand drops onto Bertie's shoulder in French. Excuse me, uh, is there anything we can do
2: for you? (laughs) You! I I recognise you! He speaks in English. Oh, well, good. Uh, Bertie turns. Ah! Rough trade. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. You! 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 <laughs> you, you girly man! Percy <laughs> turns absolutely silent, knocks the chair over, and stands up and turns and looks him straight in the chin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw a picture of you,
6: pink feathers. <laughs>
2: Uh, while he's distracted laughing, Bertie just quietly headbutts him in the face. <laughs> make an attack roll. Okay. Six
4: plus six is 12.
0: No, 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 no. Oh, three plus... Oh, you know, you're right. Sorry, yeah. I think.
4: Okay. Cool. Um, you, We're helping. You just about make contact, but he's he's tall enough and his laughter has thrown his head back, so it's actually only a glancing blow. It doesn't seem to have caused much damage. <laughs> so
5: just stung your head into Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Roll for initiative. Yes, I suppose okay. you must. Uh, Alex, could you roll Ooh. for initiative as well, please? Oh, go on, well, man. I'm definitely
0: not playing Zolf because I rolled well. Uh, I rolled 18. I also rolled 18. Uh,
4: so that's 20.
5: 14 plus one is 15.
4: Uh, the barbarian steps back looking daggers at you and he...
5: One d four damage. Yeah,
4: not not, not that worried about angry
2: glances. If looks could kill, I mean, like it's going to take him a while. If looks
5: could kill, Bertie wouldn't be allowed outside.
4: (laughs) You see his face turning red, like literally. He almost seems to grow as he just the the his eyes cloud over as he pulls, clearly popping some straps. He pulls the giant sword off his back. Ready to face you.
5: I'm waiting for him to start screaming Dragon Ball Z style. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: Chava. I will leap
0: up <laughs> and kind of place myself in between Bertie and the clearly very angry man. Well, the two very angry men. Uh, wait, hang on a minute. Uh, how about a round for everyone? Yes, we're all friends here. Let's not get kicked out because there will be no more alcohol after that. Yeah, and try and make a diplomacy check. Make a diplomacy check. I shall.
5: Make
7: a really good diplomacy check. No.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I refuse. Uh,
0: 9 plus 9, 18. No Uh, more drinking. Let's get straight to dancing. Come on, then. (laughs) Oh, no. Wait. There are the humanoids. So it's uh, 9 plus 9 plus 4. So that is 22. 22.
4: Yes. Your words barely seem to register on... This man. His eyes have glazed over. As I said, his face has turned very, very red. I mean, he's he probably doesn't...
5: resistant to like well-reasoned arguments. As he... Well.
4: he almost doesn't notice you. He's focused very heavily on Bertie. Mm.
5: Come on, then, Thickey
4: pansy, Let's have
5: it. Bertie. <laughs> Just asking, how aware is everyone else in the tavern of what's going on?
4: So... <laughs>
5: I mean, they were quite loud. I would seem t-
0: very. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd assume so, but Who I don't know. Who doesn't notice a tavern brawl set going well,
5: on? it's not happened yet. It's, so far, it's... Dunk.
4: <laughs> That's all. So this pattern. is all happening very quickly. Yeah. Um, but... From where you're sitting, oh, I wonder ah. where that is, you can see that most of the patrons have reacted and are finishing their drinks, basically. The barman has sort of ducked down behind the bar, and um, the person you're sitting with certainly seems to have grown very wary. He, he's not yet standing up, but uh, he's watching very closely, uh, as uh-huh. are you, as are... The other people on the other sure. side of the room. So Bertie, it's your action.
2: Uh, am I right next to this chap? He's. I've interjected myself between the two. Yeah. In that case, I'm going to take a five foot step and power attacking with uh,
4: the bastard sword. Sure, because your base attack bonus is plus three, mm-hmm. you can trade away one, two, or three points of your attack, and you will gain two, four, or six points to damage. Um He's a big man and he's
0: not wearing like heavy armour, he's got like leather armor.
5: He's right in front of you, what's the worst that could happen? Miss and hit a table.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that case, if that's the
0: worst. Yeah. I mean Bertie's all over that. Let's,
2: Can
5: I take twenty from it? Yeah.
2: In that case, let's uh let's put it all on rest Why not? Why not bet all three? There we go. I suspect this is probably a bad move. Seven. <laughs> yes.
5: If it's any consolation, you probably would have missed anyway.
2: Oh okay, yeah. fair enough. 12. Yeah. I'm afraid you miss. Okay. Wild powerful swing. Yeah. So, um, wild powerful <laughs> swing um, just swooshes uh, past his left arm. Does it hit
5: the table? Does it hit the table?
2: Taking out the the bottom chip of a small occasional table next to it and the table just teeters over and a vase falls well, off. Well it's very occasionally a table at this point. <laughs> yep. Never be a table again. It's occasion has passed. I'm going to take my
5: joke and just make it slightly better.
6: Sorry. That's uh, (laughs) that's what I
4: do. Alex, does your character do anything at this point?
5: How far is my character from Bertie?
4: Probably 20 foot.
5: Do I have a direct line of charge? No. Then I will take this turn to stand throw off whatever coverings I have, <laughs> exposing myself in my brazen glory, draw my weapon, which I'm going to leave you to decide what is described and what is not, point it straight at them, and yell in the loudest possible voice, Evil Doer! And point it straight at Bertie.
4: On the other side of the room, your attention is drawn as two men stand up from their chairs. Is he two men in o- and an overcoat? <laughs> <laughs> Um, You're ruining the episode! <laughs> both of them have large sun emblems on their chest. The shorter man, it's carved into a breastplate. Mm. The sun is painted gold. The slightly taller one, it's on a tabard, white tabard over chain mail. They both draw morning stars. Uh, the man in the breastplate, the, the breastplate is glowing with an almost golden sheen, and the morning star looks the same. It's It's clearly not... Just a mundane morning star. Exactly what's going on there. Well, it's slightly golden and slightly glittery. And it's that one, the more glittery of the two, who shouts at the two of you. Mind your own business. I don't get in your way
2: when you're going out god clubbing.
4: (laughs) (laughs) On the other side of the room, there are two women who've been having a nice quiet drink together, who have tipped their table over and are now sitting behind it because they cannot be bothered with all you <laughs> terrible men. Um, Wise. And I in, the far, in the far corner, there's a gnome who appears to be napping. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't right. even noticed. Um, Is he
2: a smartly dressed gnome or just a regular commonal, <laughs> commonal garden gnome?
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. serious, serious
6: question. <laughs>
4: Is he a terrifying you, you don't have time to assess his okay, state of dress at fine, this point okay. in, in the combat. Uh, right? <laughs>
5: You've got someone taller, even than Bertie, going, Bruh! someone randomly standing up, brandishing a weapon, and you're going, that no. Yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one who's asleep, who are you? I want to
0: know you. I mean, if dressed in a certain way, probably the most dangerous yes. person in the room by quite a considerable I, mean. uh, I don't
5: know, I'm just a player.
4: <laughs> the Barbarian swings at you with the giant sword. Uh, and rolls a 16. It simply bounces off your armor. So you, you, feel, you feel the blow. It's, he's, there's a lot of power behind this blow, but he's, he's hit straight against the strongest point of the armor because he's clearly not the sharpest tool in the box. Try again,
2: muggle chump. Go on. <laughs>
4: uh, and he, the jollity that was in his voice before has vanished as he goes, I'm going to take your shiny sword, girly man. The voice sounds almost different. There's like this... Very raw notes in it now. Like, you may indeed take it, sir, between your ribs, Chilva.
0: I'm going to turn to uh, Alex's character and say, "He's not an evildoer, you
5: nincompoop. It's a bar brawl." <laughs> <laughs> I, I just <laughs> help me stop it. There's a moment's hesitation. Look left. Look right.
4: All
6: evildoers.
0: Yeah. So I am gonna try and. Kind of wrestle the sword out of the barbarian's grip. Okay. Make a Um, disarm attempt. Yes, I'm assuming that is a uh, combat manoeuvre. Yep.
5: Look at us engaging with all these new mechanics.
4: My combat manoeuvre bonus is... Are you currently unarmed? Uh, Yes. You will be provoking an attack of opportunity.
0: Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to arm myself to then try and grab his sword with my hands, so... (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. Actually, uh, does, uh, does a an improvised weapon um, count as being armed? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm gonna um, grab the remains of the vase, throw it in the barbarian's face to distract him, and then wrestle his weapon out of his hand.
4: If you've just thrown away the improvised- I- Okay, the vase. I'll keep hold of the vase. <laughs> And wrestle it out of his hand. R- it's right. just, just reassuring. Hit his right, hand that's... with
6: the vase. Yes. Done. You
4: hit his hand with the
0: vase. Fine. And yes. then do a combat uh, manoeuvre. Oh, that's a terrible yeah. roll. No. Like, Why yeah. did
5: you try to disarm the guy with the vase? You're crazy.
4: The vase shatters against his hand, and he still hasn't noticed you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Percy Sen.
4: Bertie's turn. Bertie, uh, yeah, uh,
2: attacks again. Not with a power attack this time, just a standard attack, I think. That is probably wise. Uh, cool. 13 plus uh, attack bonus That's of 8. Successful. 21.
4: Cool. Yep, you hit him. How much damage do you do? D10 plus 4. Uh, 2 plus 4 is 6. He seems almost surprised that you've managed to hit him. <laughs> and he, he stumbles back smashing the table that your drinks were on beneath him. Oh, And he bounds back to his feet, but he's he's now dripping the mulled cider yeah. that the two of you are drinking, and the papers that, that Telva had was, are scattered everywhere, and a few of them have beer on them. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you realise what an admin nightmare you're
2: creating?
5: Alex. So I'm slightly closer by my reckoning to the barbarian. I'm going to just move up to whoever he is and attempting to use my Morning Star for non-lethal damage, so taking a slight penalty. Sure. I'm just going to go straight to his head with it. It's a formidable roll of an 8 for an even more formidable 16. That's a hit. In which case, so that's one plus 4. It's been so long since I had to play as a character, I don't know what anything does. Right.
2: You roll
0: that.
4: <laughs> then add 4. 7. Um. Bang! Your traveling companion, who's also stood up, it does not approach uh, the fight, but does cast a spell. The barbarian stops moving. In a paralysis kind of way? Or he a... is completely stationary. So, like, statue still kind of... Yeah, so he, 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 he looks almost off balance, because he was still standing up and extricating himself from the ruins of your table. So he has stopped moving in quite a strange position. Oh,
0: so the kind of position that no one should be able to hold themselves up. Yes. In, right. Chelva, grab his sword, or attempt to like wrestle the sword out of his hand.
4: Give me a strength check. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's not bad. Uh, 15. You pull the sword from his hand. It's difficult because his hand literally can't move to give yeah. way, but you've got the sword so out like of his hand. he's
5: sliding it out, yeah, I suppose.
4: Out. Bertie. So if I
2: try and hit him now, then... It will be ridiculously easy. Okay. <laughs> I think Bertie would regard just chopping his head off at this point as being somewhat unsporting. So he's just going to... Chop an arm. <laughs> <laughs> that will learn, yeah. you. just, just going to kick him in the knackers. That's what he's going to do. That, that is... Oh, with what... a plate-mail foot. Yep. Oof. That is what okay. Sir Bertie McGuffingham would do against sure. an unarmed crotch uh, that has offended
4: him. Uh, just an attack roll. Again, you don't get your weapon bonus, but all the Eight. rest will apply. That's successful. Cool. He's, yeah, he's basically got almost zero AC right now because yep. he's Might stationary.
5: Pop to the
0: uh, <laughs> audience.
4: Roll me a D6. Mm. One. Wow, just, just one
0: pop. Uh, plus strength. Oh, plus strength.
4: Probably. Sorry. Oh, yeah. For four.
5: Four pops. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alex. My character, seeing that, then turns to Bertie. None of that! And then also goes just straight for Bertie's head again, taking the penalty for non-lethal. 20.
0: Is that including the penalty?
5: No. So it's not a hit. Yep. So it's at best it's a clang.
0: (laughs) Do you mind?
5: Stop it. (laughs) Just
0: no point in any of this. Just stop. We'll have a drink. It'd be great. By the
4: way, years of work have just gone down the drain. Once again, Alex's character's travelling companion casts a spell. Bertie, please make a will save. I'm sure it'll be fine.
2: That's just nine.
4: You are also
5: completely paralyzed. Nice. Turning to my companion, would you stop doing that?
4: Why doesn't everyone just calm down? I'm with this guy. Thank you! And we're going to end the episode there.
5: Okay. All episodes are better when Bertie's paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like just you, you just stop wow. doing evil. Yeah. That's what it is. It's just a small period free from bigotry. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh,
4: I do enjoy how a bar brawl is apparently evil. Evil! Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my first attempt at GMing for the Rusty Quill. Yeah. And I will be back next week and we will see what continues to happen to Bertie and his entirely new group. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! See you later. Bye! Bye. Evil! the third is the uh something admiral in dover the soggy Um, i'd
5: I'd have to i'd have to check
4: i don't have my
6: notes i'm not a gm brin
4: wasn't it just the
0: admiralty admiralty Admiralty. admiralty
4: The third is the...
2: <laughs> just leaving that there, aren't <laughs> we? Uh, so he opens the letter. Uh, you
4: know. And I have just handed you a mm-hmm. piece of paper because as a good gem, when there are written things down, I print them out ahead of time. I'm going to kill everything. <laughs> okay.
2: what, uh, what lovely handwriting you have, Bryn. It's very, uh, very uniform. Uh, <laughs>
4: yes, uh, it, I copied it from the Times, the, the Roman section. <laughs>
2: glory, riches, and going down in history as someone who uncovered what is arguably one of the most important relics regarding the human race. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Can we just have you guys play a two-headed creature for the rest of the campaign? That would be amazing!
2: do you do that. ...best days of your life. When I read your letter, you have lovely handwriting, by the way, at times almost New Roman, and uh, I... <laughs> That is a period I've studied quite a lot. (laughs) Yes! Myself as well, for I am a man of fine distinction and learning.
3: Hi everyone, it's Helen here, voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne, and host of Enthusiasm. Today I'm here to tell you about Divisor, a podcast on the RQ Network. Divisor is a dark science fiction audio drama with elements of horror from Harlan Guthrie, the mastermind behind the unsettling and addictive series, Malevolent. In this immersive tale, we follow Sun, a young man who awakens aboard a spaceship bound for Earth, on a mission to recolonize a desolate planet. However, Sun's journey takes a sinister turn, and he discovers unsettling truths about his world and himself. The entire series is available for you to listen to right now. So, search for Diviser, that's D-E-V-I-S-E-R, wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit www.diviser.ca or www.rustyquill.com for more information. That's all from me. Enjoy your episode.